So guys, thank you so much for coming on to Startup Steroid and sharing your story with us today. I'm really excited to learn about how you guys are sort of looking at commercial real estate and really uh, opening that market up to everyday investors, which is a really exciting thing. Uh, but before we get into all of the specifics of, your, of the company and of what you are achieving, uh, let's start with a quick introduction. Matt, why don't I come to you first? Tell me a little bit about your background and how you sort of came into this world. Sure. Thank you, Daval. Um, thanks very much for having us. So we're super excited to be here today. Um, my background is commercial real estate, management consulting, and technology. Um, I obviously have this slightly funky accent. And I'm from the UK, but I've been in the US 10, 11 years now. And in the UK, you know, I did a lot of um, large-scale management consulting around, like I said, technology finance space. And then and since the, I've been in the US in the last 10 years, I've really been very, very involved in um, large-scale commercial real estate, being that repositioning, purchasing, repositioning, and or ground-up financing of um, typically hospitality, multifamily, and um, a, a plethora, really, of other uh, um, real estate and I also also very involved in foreign investment so money just coming into the United States directly perfect so we'll certainly dig into more of that real estate background as we go through the story but Parker why don't I come to you next uh, tell me a little bit about your background and how you got it started in this business yeah absolutely so um, I've, I've been in commercial real estate in some form or another for the last uh, about five to seven years um, my, my background is in finance and, uh, and law. Uh, I'm an attorney by trade, um, have worked in foreign direct investment and syndicating deals, um, putting deals together, um, like I said, for the best five to seven years um, in some capacity or another, um, and, and been an investor myself. I, I started investing about that time as well, and so really passionate about the commercial real estate space. Fantastic. So you guys both have good backgrounds in commercial real estate. You obviously understand that investment world. Um, what was the idea behind starting this company? What was the initial vision? Matt, why, I'll come to you first. Well, yeah. Frustration, to be perfectly frank. <laughs> um, we, we got frustrated because you know, we had a lot of clients that were um, uh, doing large scale, you know, whether it was ground up or purchasing and repositioning commercial real estate, let's talk about multifamily specifically. And it was a frustration that, that you know, because we knew them and we, 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 we had a relationship that we could get involved personally or we could bring in, you know, people we know and, and refer them. But we started to realize, you know, there's a, some massive barriers to entry there. One is we are fortunate that we knew these people. If we didn't, then it, you'd never know about some of these deals that are happening. And, and let's not um, beat around the bush. I mean, some of these commercial real estate deals are incredible. You know, um, um, you know, there's a lot of ways to make money in the world. And certainly commercial real estate is a very strong way to do it, especially when you're looking at these kind of acquisition of multifamily that, you know, they're leased up. There's a lot of tenants already in them. You just need to reposition them. Um, you know, it's an amazing opportunity, but you need to know the folks. You need to trust them. But more than anything, you need a lot of money. So even if you're coming in as kind of the equity investor, let's call it, we were seeing that you need to drop down 50, 100, 150, 250 sometimes at yeah. a time. And that money would be locked up for five years, three to five years, because typically these business plans on these assets are three to five years. And then not only that, 
most of the time, 99.9% of the time, a lot of the securities exemptions or the securities regulations basically didn't allow, you had to be a accredited investor. So for the vast majority of folks out there walking the streets, working really hard, um, trying to make a, a livelihood for themselves, they don't even, even if they knew about these potential opportunities, they just can't get involved in them. So that was the frustration that for, you know, we looked at and we said, how can we open the doors to these types of opportunities in um, compliant, secure way? And that's really where we began to look at Caltier. And then I'll, I'll just finish that up. The other piece, as Parker alluded to, we were very involved in, in foreign investment too. And we said, how on earth would we allow international money to flow into some of these mm. assets? And so that's where it kind of started. That's where we began the, the questioning and like the planning of mm -hmm. how we actually can do this. Fantastic. Parker, why don't I ask you the same question? And maybe this time you can also add um, why you guys chose um, the multifamily route and not the other asset class in commercial real estate. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Matt hit it right on the head. I mean, it was, it was out of frustration both personally and professionally seeing clients wanting to get involved in real estate and, and not having a direct access to some of the better opportunities. Um, and as Matt said, some of those better opportunities were uh, what we saw um, just from our experience from dealing with different asset classes and different types of real estate was, was multifamily acquisition um, and, and the value of that opportunities that they present. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, personally, you know, as an attorney, a lot of my clients were wanting to invest in something that was cash flowing, that was, um, you know, that had, that produced, you know, steady stream of income, but also had the upside as well. And that's really where we saw the benefit from um, multifamily value add opportunities where they, as Matt said, they're already leased up, there's, they're producing rental income, um, we can go in, we can um, lift the rents by doing some renovations, um, some light renovations, sometimes more in-depth renovations, um, and, and then um, increasing the value at the same time. Um, and so that's really the, what we want to do is open the door. Uh, if we're feeling that frustration, we know that others are feeling that frustration. So we want to open right. the door to, to the, the average investor or the, or the mid-market investor that really can't get their hands on those premier opportunities. Got it. Got it. And, and Matt, just for clarification on uh, the asset class, you are uh, going into existing multifamily uh, <coughs> projects and not ground up developments, right? Yeah, Duvalis, that's correct. So we, we, I have a fair amount of experience with multi-million dollar actually ground up developments as a consultant or a, a service provider on the financing side. So I understand the risks associated with that. I also understand the upside that can be there, yes. but when you're, when you're providing a platform to, as Pog said, the mid-market, the everyday investor, the, the people on the street, you've got to be cognizant and respectful of, of, of the risk factor too. So multifamily for us, um, you know, when we're looking at it, it's cash flowing, like Pog said, it's cash flowing already. Um, we fractionally invest into those assets, so we... Um, reduce some risk down there. And if you look at, I mean, CBRE talk about that there's you know, several million um, shortfall of new build multifamily. So not just going in and repurposing existing, we're talking about this is a, uh, Freddie Mac just came out um, recently last week, I think, and said just in 2021, they're projecting a $300 billion, $300 billion plus 
of, of multifamily specifically acquisitions this year. And that's because there is a huge demand for it. Um, it's going to grow, we believe. We believe it's a really strong asset class. Um, we'll probably get into this a little bit more. We're starting with multifamily real estate because we know it, because it's a low-hanging fruit for us, because we really like it. But our platform can spread into lots of other things. It's just this is where we want to begin because we know it and we have access to it. Yeah, no, and the asset class is fantastic, right? Um, you guys, I know, started back in 2017, but uh, the cap rates since have improved tremendously in multifamily. Yeah. And not just that, you know, during COVID, um, office, retail, all the other asset classes took giant hits, whereas in multifamily right. has been relatively stable. So let, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk uh, about what you know, the progression since you guys started and how the company is sort of evolved, what kind of milestones you guys have had. Maybe I'll start, Park, and let you finish. I mean, we, yep. we um, yeah, so we, the company has been going for a few years, but we really started out with kind of that traditional um, syndicating uh, accredited investors and placing them into, into uh, deals. But we always had an eye to, we want to create this fund mechanism. It's just with regulation A, which is what we're using, A+, plus, you know, you don't you don't do that in two two weeks with the SEC. It takes a while. Um, so we went about that. You know, we also raised a bunch of money to do that um, to to put our technology and our platform and our, our compliance and also register uh, the, the fund with the SEC. So while we were waiting for that, we were working on um, placing investors into other deals. And now, um, you know, we really feel like our kickoff was really um, you know last year we we were running the fund, but COVID was a, you know, we, it wasn't the best, it, it wouldn't necessarily be the best time to kick off a fund in the middle of COVID. So we kind of did a soft launch and then this year is really where we've launched. And yeah. right now we're seeing uh, massive growth uh, through the platform and investors and investments. Um, so as we, we really feel like this is our first, as we call it, our proper first year um, of operating the fund and we, and our, you know, our KPIs are, uh, are fantastic. Our data points are, incredible right now so it's, it's exciting maybe i'll hand over to parker and talk a bit more about where, where we're headed absolutely and parker a, a little bit more specific information about uh your team about the platform and how many people you have that would be amazing as well yeah no absolutely so as matt said we we like to consider even even just since april right um so since april we we launched our our, our new platform uh we we, we had a, a live platform before but just since april we're seeing an uptick in, in, in investors and, and using our platform. I think we're up 400% since April. <laughs> um, nice. So it's, it's, it's really nice. Um, and just since then, we've been able to, uh, we've invested into to five different assets um, since, since the start of this year. So since January, um, we have a total of 877 doors um, that we, um, we have under management. Um, and, and we're growing the fund each and every day. Um, our, our goal is, you know, by, by the end of this year to have, you know, 20, $30 million in, in, in our first fund. Um, we, we feel like, um, after the launch of our, our, um, our first fund, we, we feel like we can launch our second fund, um, probably maybe end, by the end of this year, beginning of next year. Um, and, um, uh, and so we're, we're, we're growing the company. We're getting more and more users on our platform each and every day. Uh, we have, um, I think about uh, the latest, because uh, it changes every day, I think we have about 1,500 um, users on our platform. Um, 
and uh, we have uh, uh, leads or a, a mailing list of, of, of up to 30,000. So, so we're really, really growing um, and, and getting those users on the platform, building our, our AUM and, um, and, and growing the company. That's fantastic. Yeah, um, you guys are definitely on the right track and uh, growing very rapidly. Um, so when we talk about the assets, you know, you said you mentioned that you have five assets now. Um, let's talk a little bit more specifically about what that actually means, because some people might not understand uh, how to uh, yeah. sort of break that down. So tell me what the assets are. And then, Matt, I'll come to you and ask you uh, some more sort of uh, questions about partnerships and things like that. So let Parker, let me uh, let's get a description of the assets and what what that actually uh, looks like for an investor. Yeah, absolutely. So we have um, one of the assets is a 352 unit um, apartment building in in the Phoenix area in Glendale, Arizona. Um, so that that's a value add, uh, as we discussed before. It's a value add component. So um, we actually went in uh, with our partner, which Matt will. Touch on. We went in and, and renovated um, those units. Uh, have, have lifted the rents, um, and, and that asset is, is performing quite well. Um, we have uh, two assets in in Utah in Provo, Utah. Um, so they're uh, right right off campus of uh, Brigham Young University, um, which is one of the major institutions. I actually coincidentally went. That's where where I went to school, so I know that area very well. Um, okay. And uh, um, so we have two assets there. We have an 88 unit in Houston, Texas, um, uh, same, in which the same kind of thing like the, the Arizona asset, it's a, it's a value add component. Um, so we're in the process of renovating some of those units um, and lifting rents on, on that particular asset. And then finally, um, we're invested in a, a project in um, Lawrence, Kansas, which is um, right outside the, the University of Kansas. So it's a, a student housing facility, um, and that, that, that asset as well is, is performing very well so far. Um, that one's, I think, our, our latest asset, so it's a, a month or two months old, but um, right now, um, so far, so good on, on that asset as well. Fantastic. So, Matt, just uh, for follow-up questions on these assets, uh, these are obviously huge assets, so uh, you're not necessarily taking up the entire investment. Um, no. Tell me a little bit about how you sort of source the deal, what kind of partners you work with, and then as you sort of go through the investment, how are you partnering with other equity investors and uh, uh, getting into the, the, the uh, investment? Mm, it's a great question and it's a really critical part of our business plan so it's really important to us that we work with um, partners that we've vetted background checked have a lot of experience so when people look at us and, and they say well Parker you have seven or ten years experience and I have eight to ten years and our other partner has about the same and we have some advisors on our board that have you know, 30 years experience it's not just our experience you're looking at it's actually the partners that we're making the investments into. Now, those folks um, typically aren't going to allow, they're not going to allow non-accredited investors to come into their deals, just like for the reasons we talked about earlier. But because we, because of us, because we're collating the money and we're managing the fund and we're managing those investors, they're happy for us to come in, which opens the door to some of these sort of opportunities that nobody would ever normally, typically nobody would ever normally see. So we go through a strict betting process. We need to know the background. We need to know the success rate of these companies. 
we obviously um, do, um, you know, we go through the whole due diligence, check with them. We're often coming in as a fractional investor in the deal. So they are putting together the debt, the institutional money, and then we're part of the equity side of, of the raise. Um, we may sit side by side with institutional money, but we're a fractional investor in it. Um, as our fund grows, that uh, ticket price, that check size will grow in size because we have to manage our fund uh, diligently in terms of a fund management and risk management. So, you know, we're not going to sign off. doesn't matter what size the fund is. If you talk percentages, we're never going to sign off like a 25% of the fund in one check because that would be right. foolish, right? That's not how, how we do it. So if you're an investor coming in, your money is being spread across, you know, uh, right now we've got five assets. We've really done that in the last six months, I think. Mm-hmm. And we're, do, you know, aggressively going after more. So your money's going to be spread a- across that portfolio. Um, and they're all over the place. Um, but we don't need, you know, we're not going to end up with 50 partners. We don't need that. Um, it's, that's too much, uh, too much to handle. Um, and really what we're looking at is a core group of maybe half dozen, maybe 10, where we're investing in them. They know us. We know them. We trust them because real estate is also very collaborative and trust folk. I mean, it's a big, you have to have a lot of trust and knowledge and relationship with the groups you're going in with. Um, right. So that's all part of the process that we, that we do, I guess, on behalf of our investors, on behalf of our investors, mm-hmm. that's what we're doing as fund managers. Right, right. No, that, that's fantastic. And uh, the fact that you guys are coming in with this much experience and are picking the partners that you have experience with. I think that that really is the key of making this work. Um, from an investor uh, perspective, Parker, I'm going to ask you to sort of help me walk through uh, uh, investment and we can, you know, uh, in broad strokes. So this is not a specific <laughs> investment. I'm just trying to understand the model that we're using here. Um, but let's say we have a $50 million deal um, uh, and, uh, you know, X number of doors uh, that we're investing in. Um, half, let's say 40 to 50% is equity. So let's say about between 20 and 25 equity. How much would you expect to take from that deal? And what are you expecting of those partners that Matt just touched on? Yeah, that's a great question. So it, it really, um, and not to, um, it's not a cop-out answer by any stretch, but, <laughs> but it really depends on a deal by deal basis, right? And, and, yeah. a, and a partner in, in, in each partner. So I'll give you an example. Um, you know, for example, one of the partners we worked with, um, especially on the, the Arizona deal, was a group called Sundance Bay, right? And they do, um, they do about $10 billion worth of real estate each year. Um, one of their, um, uh, the, the head of that company actually sits on our advisory council, um, um, and maybe Matt Romney, and he's, you know, been a great uh, help to this company. But um, so for that, for example, it, it depends on, on the fund as well. So for example, we um, as the fund grows, we could, you know, we could write a million dollar check um, for mm-hmm. that of that 20. And then they come up with the, with the rest of the 19. Um, we could do half, you know, we could do half of that, you know, as the fund grows as well. Um, and it depends. Sometimes we sit on the, the GP side and sometimes the LP side, right? So on the, on the GP side, um, typically um, the GP will come in with about 10% of the equity, um, right? And, and then the institution, institutional money will come in with the rest. And, and that's, uh, that's typically how the, how the structural um, structure works and how our fund works is we, we want to participate 
in, um, in both the GP and the LP side. And as, as the fund grows, we'll write bigger checks um, and we'll, we'll take out more, a bigger piece of that, that equity. Um, got it, got it. So you're coming in as a relatively small minority investor uh, in a much bigger deal. And then uh, the, that basically lets the partner do majority of the work manage the actual transaction and you're more focused on managing your fund and managing the uh, the investors uh, part of that deal um, so that that's fantastic um, so now let's talk about you know what you're uh, trying to achieve you already mentioned that uh, you're you're looking for some pretty big milestones by end of the year um, what's the let's say 12 to 24 uh, month vision for the company? Um, and Matt, I'll come to you first. Parker, I'll come to you next. Okay. Um, yeah. So the biggest things we're focusing on, you know, we're 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 we always we're, we're always working on user experience, customer experience. Um, those are just consistent things that we do. We we take uh, our clients' feedback very very seriously, um, and we have a pretty flat structure here at the company. So there's not like fifty layers where you know, someone's going to be complaining and then they, you know, we, we hear about things from our support team really quickly um, and we deal with it and we react because, you know, we feel like, uh, it's not to get too much into competition, but our competition, that what's one of our uniques and we hear it all the time is that we were able to talk to you guys and we we're able to communicate. So that's always part of the goal. But the big, the big ones are, you know, we want 20 to 30 million in the fund by the, by the end of the year. We want 10,000 investors on our platform. Based on the numbers we're seeing now from April to today, we should hit that. Um, we're opening up the international side of the business, which will be the end of this year, next year. So we would like, you know, 20 to 30,000 investors next year internationally, which is a little more complicated with the compliance and KYC and AML and background checks. But we're experienced in that, so that that's one of the bigger goals. We'd like to double our AUM at, at the very least, um, and then really the long long term, like two to three year. Um, you know, we're aiming to have five hundred thousand users at least on our platform as a mix from domestic and, and international, um, onboarded, vetted, background check because that's really a huge part of the value of our company. Um, so those those are the big milestone um, goals in terms of. Uh, you know, internally in terms of the, com the company. Perfect. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Matt, anything you'd like to, uh, sorry, Matt, Parker, you, uh, anything you'd like to add to that? <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, Matt covered, covered the, covered the basis there. Um, I think, you know, long-term vision we see, like I, I think Matt may have mentioned this, we're building a brand, you know, we're building yeah. um, a, a community. community. Yep. And, and so, we see not you know two to three years, uh, maybe 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 closer to three to five. We see uh, an mm -hmm. opportunity to really monetize that that um, that that community and that brand by you know offering other potential other assets you know depending on the market at that time, um, and uh, it's it's very attractive um, as far as a M and A or you know or, or acquisition target um, of, of having those users on on the platform. Um, and being a brand that, that people can trust. So, absolutely fantastic. Um, so now the last question: Where do you guys hope to go with this company? You know, what what's the big vision? Uh, you know, five years exit, uh, IPO. What's the? Where are you trying to? Where are you trying to get to? <laughs> 
We, we could do either. Um, our funds individually can actually go public on their own outside of the company. Um, we're in the process of registering as a registered, an, an RIA, registered investment advisor, which means we can offer other securities to our community, which is what Parker was alluding to there. So we're already in discussions with some wealth management groups that basically want to offer services to the community that we're building, the trusted branded community we're building. But I think reality is we're building something that's incredibly uh, purchasable, sellable, because we're going to have real estate AUM, which in and of itself is valuable, but Mm -hmm. it, that doesn't necessarily always have like a 10x, 20x, 100x return. What does have is this relationship with domestic and international investors. Um, you know, just to give you one little kind of piece here, the banking industry value um, uh, their industry statistics. I think it's a six-year relationship. So if you're a client of a bank, on average, your value to that bank is about $46,000, right? Okay through the credit cards, the loans, the money on deposit, whatever you've got. Right. So if you think about that from, from, from this perspective, if we deliver on even half of what we're trying to achieve here, and we get 50,000 people internationally. These are 50,000 people that don't have any wealth management services in the United States, don't have any financial services in the United States, yet are investing in our fund, which is investing into real estate. So there's accounts that need opening. There's all these financial services that need opening. So right. I think we're a massive... Uh, acquisition target for financial institution and insurance institution and then of course a real estate uh, institution basically a brand that says we would love that community um, you've already built it it's ready to go you've got a technology platform you've got a relationship with investors and they think they can come in and monetize it you know times a hundred from what we right. have right, right right no that's fantastic and, and uh, Parker to come back to you um, the organization seems like an amazing plan uh, with specific fund uh, or this is your first fund. Um, any uh, goals, you know, going three, five years out, uh, uh, how many funds you'd like to have assets, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Matt touched on the, the assets. Um, you know, we're, we're looking to at, at the very least double our, our AUM um, by the end of this year. Um, as far as the funds, you know, we're, we're actually in the process of developing our, our second fund um, that, you know, we'll, we'll launch um, probably, like I said, later this year, or early next year. Uh, we would like to, uh, we're also um, in talks with, with some, some, some tax accountants, our tax accountants and other groups to help set up a primarily international fund, um, which would be a $100 million fund that would be um, we, where we set up the, the blocker companies and the tax structures to make it really attractive for these international investors to come into that fund. Um, so I think, you know, in, in, you know, in three to five years, you know, we, we hope to have, you know, this is the first of, you know, five to six funds, uh, maybe, maybe more. Um, could, could I, uh, sorry to just cut across it. Yeah. The other thing I, I just realized I forgot to mention that I was, you know, the secondary trading market too for our investors. So yes. that's, that's a big part of digitalizing what we're doing. We are in talks with some groups right now that um, we didn't start off digitalizing for it because we didn't want that to slow us down. But we're now, you know, figuring out how we're going to digitalize it. And that secondary trading market is massive. So they can trade in and out of our funds, um, which, you know, is huge. Um, right. So I think probably we're really focused on building the AUM in the community today. 2021 is community. We're getting the core building blocks of the company established 
2022, we're going to look at these pieces where, you know, we've got, let's say we've got two funds and we, we hopefully will be, you know, subscribed fully. So that would be 75 million in each one, for example. You know, we will then open per up year. probably that's per year. Per year. Yeah. yeah. So we'd open up that secondary trading market um, for, for those investors. So there's, there's multiple ways where outside of just like real estate AUM where, where we make money uh, with right. this thing. Yeah. 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 And I will, I will say this. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, and I will say that our, our funds are, are, are evergreen, right? So, so as Matt was saying, so the 75 mile we can raise each, each and every year. So, um, um, so that's, that's one of the things that the funds, not only will we have multiple funds, we'll have those funds will keep um, bringing in more investors and have more AUM under each fund. Fantastic. No, I, I think you guys are on the right track, like I said before, but uh, you guys are doing something really amazing. So uh, I'm really excited for you. Um, for the investors that are uh, watching, um, we have the profile pitch deck, all of the specific information on Startup Steroids. So feel free to check that out there. Um, and if you do want to get in touch with either Matt or Parker or both, uh, you know, let us know or just comment and uh, we'll make sure we, you guys are, uh, get connected and uh, you can continue the conversation from there. So guys, thank you so much for coming on to Startup Steroid again. I thank really you. appreciate uh, uh, your time and uh, what you're trying to do and uh, best of luck for the future. Thank you. Thank you, Really appreciate, appreciate it. it. All right.